You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. Feeling good, like we knew we would. Why do people feel the need to rhyme when they talk into a mic? You ever feel that way? Sort of. Sometimes you, know, you, you, you just you, you just, just go on the flow and yeah, you, the you, words you, just start rhyming. Exactly. Exactly. But we did say we were we were hoping to feel good this week. Yes. Because Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, they took care of business. They did. They handled their business. Handled the right. way to say it. Exactly. I mean, look, my man Barrett Brooks talk, was on uh, TV and radio this week talking about September Super Bowls mm-hmm. and how Eagles fans get so excited and get real pumped, you know, for them early season wins and it just ends up. You know, the whole season will go in the tank. I understand that. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. That being said, the Eagles are undefeated, tied for first place. In the NFC East. In the NFC East. That's an they're, they're, they're tied for the best record in football right now at 1-0. and That's an accomplishment. That right. is an accomplishment. Right in the Patriots. Exactly. Patriots suck. Bill Belichick should be fired. Doug Peterson's a better coach than than, than Bill than Bill Belichick. Belichick's overrated. He's over. He's zero and one. We're one and zero. I mean, let's, let's you know for real. Let, let's let's get all this stuff out now. Let's get it all out early. <laughs> let's, let's let's get out all the cliches, all the things they say about Philly sports fans. Here it is: Carson Wentz MVP. Yep. Carson Wentz MVP. Jason Peters, even though he played what like three quarters of a game, mm-hmm. if that. Greatest left tackle in all of football. The second greatest left tackle in all of football is Lane Johnson. Yep. And the only reason he's not the best is because he's usually playing right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Mills, the greatest, J- the greatest Mills. cornerback ever. J- come on, man. For real. I don't want to hear about Rebus. I don't want to hear about Eric Allen. I don't want to hear about Mark McMillan. I don't want to hear about Asante, uh, Samuel. Asante Samuel. None of those guys. Jalen Mills. Greatest cornerback of all time. Come on, we're, look, look. We we need this. We do. We, we need this to feel good about ourselves. That's <laughs> what that's what we do as Eagles fans. Any, anything else? Let, let me see. Let's see. Fletcher Cox. Yes. Fletcher Cox, the second coming of Reggie White. <laughs> and uh, let's see. I mean, uh, the gangrene defense is back. Yeah, uh, this is <laughs> this, 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 this current Eagles defense is better than any defense Buddy took out uh, sent out there. Now, now, understand understand something. I know we're lying before right. before, before we get bombed, to this before and, we and, get completely bombarded on Twitter and, and Facebook or whatever. You know, we're, we're just joking. Yeah, we're just but we got to get this out of the way because we don't know how long we're going to feel this way. No, because next week. It could change. It could. Oh my goodness! It could change. It could be a complete three sixty. No, 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 no. Three sixty will put us right back on the same path. That it could be true. a complete one eighty because we're flying out to Kansas City. Yep. Well, not us technically. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll still be here. Right. Understand something? <laughs> no, no one's sending us anywhere. We'll, we'll be. Where are you going to watch the game? Uh, at an undisclosed location. Cause yeah. I'll be on vacation. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. word. Yeah. Nice. Well, look, I, I ain't got. Look, I'll be at the crib. I don't know where I live. <laughs> so I, I'll be at the crib, right. more than likely in the basement, in the ba- <laughs> watching TV. You know, with 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 a, with a nice cold drink of probably water, cause I I can't drink alcohol. 
but that's that's a whole other story. All right, look, let's let's run it back. All right, this is now let's let's, let's recap this game before we move forward, mm-hmm. and we talk about next week's game. Let's yep. the final recap of last week's game. All right, Eagles thirty, Redskins seventeen. There was some good, there was some bad. The Eagles won, so that means there was more good than bad. But all in all, positive. All in all, let me let me ask you this. In in fact, why don't you put on your professor cap right now? I want you to grade (laughs) that game. Grade the Eagles. We're we're on a uh, week to week basis. Grade the Eagles' performance on uh, last Sunday against the Redskins. Um. It would be too high for me to give them an A. Because that means they had to play perfect. Yeah. And they didn't play no, perfect. No, not perfect. So I give them, I give them a B. A B. All yeah. right. Well, high B. Like, you know, we're, we're in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Go ahead. Uh, I can't really give them an A because that means they had to play perfect. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. No, it, it was wasn't. far from perfect. No, but. For the most part, I give them a B. I give them a B. Okay, B. All right. Now, would it be high B? Like, are we talking B minus? Mm-hmm. Uh, B, B plus? I'm talking high B. High B. Okay, yeah. B. You're giving them a B plus. Yes. All right. That's cool. That's cool. I can take it. That's, that's they deserve it. Yeah. They deserve. They can it. deserve it. So Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. 307 yards, 26 to 39, 39 attempts, still. High, still but high, not but bad. not you know, not cause, cause, sixty. Yeah, because because I mean, let's be real. We were expecting like you know forty, yeah. 50, 50, 60 yeah. pass attempts. Mm-hmm. So thirty nine attempts. It, it, that's actually yeah, yeah, pretty I mean, normal. yeah, yeah that's compa- normal. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that, that's all right. Now, Legarrette Blunt, mm-hmm. forty six yards. Uh, hit that real long, had that real long run of that whopping seven yard run that he had. Uh. In the game, <laughs> but still leaves a lot of question marks about the running game. Right? How? I, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like you know we talked about being able to develop that, you know, that running game. Mm-hmm. Be you know, can the one are these young running backs? And I'm talking about Smallwood, I'm talking about uh, Pumphrey mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Clement. Are they? Can, are they the type of players that you can build around? Can you at least, you know, can you turn these guys into studs? And that's the question that wasn't answered on Sunday. No, it wasn't. Well, I mean, one of them didn't even play, right? Yeah, Pumphrey, Pumphrey was, didn't even Pumphrey play. Pumphrey wasn't active. Yeah, Pum- Pumphrey was watching the game with us. Yeah, but I mean, Clement, what special teams tackle? Mm-hmm. That's about it. Then you had, you know, Smallwood. He was there, but really didn't make impact. Sproles, I think, only had two carries. Two carries for two yards. Right. So, Garrett Munch, only guy, and he had 14 carries to 46 yards. So, that's not – it's not bad, but it's, it's you need, not good, you need yeah. more. You need more because you can't depend on your passing game to win you games, especially mm-hmm. when you're going up against teams that have, you know, good secondaries. You need – to have a formidable running game. You can't live by just, you know, 46 yards by LeGarrette Blount, which is not bad, but you want LeGarrette Blount to at least get about 20, 25 carries in a game. You need him to get that many because maybe that gets him started and gets him into a flow because later in that game we saw him start ripping off longer runs and holes starting to open up. So maybe you got to do that 
and actually be committed to the run and not and don't shy away from it. I understand, and I guess for this coaching staff, mm-hmm. and when you're when you're used to this coaching staff, you know that it 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 feels like they almost look for reasons to abandon the run. Yeah. So it's like you you're you're paying close attention to the running game early. Mm-hmm. And if you see them struggling with it, you know, you, you get you kind of get a sinking feeling like, oh my, you know, you know that it's a matter of time before, before they, they get just, rid of it. Yeah, they just say, you know what, we're good. And they did because after they started doing the um the wide receiver bubble screens that went nowhere. And it, and, and those aren't gonna work when you don't have a when you don't have no, a running, running game. game. No, exactly. And exactly. even if you run a halfback screen, they ain't gonna work because you're not running. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I guess let me given that. Mm-hmm. Do you are you worried about the Eagles being predictable, becoming predictable? I mean, they they won this game, but they still have they have some good teams coming up. And I'm my fear is that this team is going to become predictable. I mean, they could become predictable. I mean, they were kind of predictable when they went for the the old Andy Reid play, which is the play action deep pass. Which, I mean, cool. I mean, Andy did that all the time a lot. But, like you said, there were certain situations where they just were predictable. Like, the wide receiver screen. You knew it was coming eventually. And it was when it was when Aguilar was going to Jeffrey. And you just knew that there was just a lot of plays where they did become predictable. And I don't even know where they could possibly mix it up. Like, call different types of passing plays to kind of shake things up. But it... It, you you don't want that to happen because a good defensive coordinator will capitalize on that. And now, granted, there's, there's a chance, and we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this a little bit later in the show. But you know, Kansas City's not Washington. No, you know, Kansas City has a better defense. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, you know, their defense, uh, the Kansas City defense is, you know. They have their situations. They lost Eric Berry for the year, and they're kind of scrambling. But, you know, getting back to the Eagles, they know, you know, you know that they have a a bigger test in front of them. Mm -hmm. They're going to be tested this week. Yeah. Like, Washington could not test them. No. So, so given that, you know, you, you understand that, all right. We we might have to get away from some of these bubble screens, yeah. Especially the one uh, the, that backwards pass. I mean, that was who, one who didn't see that coming, mm-hmm. and two, I felt like, like as you know, you're watching the game. You know, you're a fan. You're watching the game. Got your phone in hand, and you just feel like all of Twitter <laughs> had the same thought at the same time. Like, in fact, I think I really think that for a split second. When that play happened, mm-hmm. I watched it and I'm like, Andy, what are you doing? Oh, oh Doug. <laughs> it's, it's not Andy. <laughs> it's not it's Andy Doug. anymore. It's Doug. But that's the type that's the type of stuff you would expect from Andy. Right. And it barely worked with him. Mm-hmm. So now you got Andy Light, aka Andy Doug, Doug Peterson. Yeah. And it's like this you got receivers that aren't as good as the ones that Andy had. Mm-hmm. You got a quarterback that might not be as good as the one that Andy had. And they're trying plays that didn't work for Andy. Right, and it ain't working now. And it's not working now. And that's kind of frustrating. But in the end, I mean, in the, I mean, in the end, it, it is a win. Mm-hmm. They were able to piece, piece things together. You know, Carson Wentz was able to complete some passes. Nelson Aguilar actually caught some passes. And didn't drop them. And, and didn't drop them. 
you know, Nelson Aguilar, you know, yes, it has been one game, and that's all we can have. But, you know, you you have that the offseason that he had, mm-hmm. you know, the preseason that he had, and this one game, and it's like maybe this guy is turning the corner. Maybe he's getting it. Maybe he is getting it. And I think that speaks to something that maybe a lot of people, a lot of Philly fans might not have, but it's like patience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they don't always get it. Just like that. Right. And like I was explaining to somebody um, earlier this week, I was telling them, you know, we were expecting a lot out of Aguilar and Matthews coming in, you know, coming into their careers. They were forced into a bad situation. And that and I think we talked about it last week, you know, there wasn't no number one option when they got here. So it forced, you know, Matthews to be a one. It forced Aguilar to be a two. Both guys play on the outside who just may not be ready or have that type of skill caliber to be in the outside. So now we're seeing Aguilar who's playing in the slot and he looks a lot comfy. He looks a lot more comfortable and it helps him out because he's able to take advantage. Now he's able to take advantage of, you know, the teams, the other teams slot corner, which may not be as fast as him or be able to, you know, get open against an opposing team safety who may just be a, not a good cover safety. Like how he sc- called the touchdown over, over uh, DJ Swearinger. Swearinger's not, a cover safety he's a more of a he's a hitter so he was able to take advantage of that and I think that's where he's gonna that's where I think he can take this jump at him being the slot receiver can help him take that jump where he had 300 yards last year it's not out of the question where you can have 600 to 700 yards because teams are gonna try to find a way to take out Jeffrey and take out Torrey Smith and this is the time where Zach Ertz and Aguilar can step up and be those type of players so, you know, we're t- we can't talk about the Eagles' passing attack on mm-hmm. Sunday without bringing up Zach Ertz. Yes. Because, one, Zach Ertz, not only did Nelson Aguilar look, you know, almost like we, we had always expected him to, but so did Zach Ertz. Yep. And I feel like this is like the, the 30th straight season <laughs> that we've been saying this is going to be his breakout year. And it looked – now, once again – because the whole all we have is one game. All we have is one game. And I'm not trying to be the wet blanket this week. So I'm I'm all in. Cause I felt like I was a little I felt like last week on last week's show I was a little a little more in, in I was I was a little wet blanket last week. It's all right? okay. You know, it was like I, I had some excitement because it was the, the beginning of the season. Right. But it was also like, man, I know how this is gonna turn out. Mm-hmm. But eight targets. Eight catches, 93 yards for Zach Ertz. What did you think of that? It was good. He was good. He's, he's 900-something yards away from 1,000. Really? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's I mean, the, I mean that's, 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 that's true. That's, that's the goal. I mean, that's a good point. That's the goal. That's a, I mean, but I I like the chemistry that he has. And I think part of it kind of speaks to uh, the quarterback that Carson Wentz is. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, you, you, you saw him kind of – assume this role of leadership from day one when he got in here. Yep. And, you know, you had a player like Jordan Matthews, and I think Jordan Matthews was really like the ultimate team guy. Yep, he sure where, was. Where, you, know, you know, he instantly came in and tried to rally, you know, rally the troops around Sam Bradford. And then when Bradford left, he wondered whether or not they would accept the rookie the way they accepted Bradford. Mm-hmm. 
And I think Jordan Matthews was part of the crew that said, all right, you know, that's exactly what we're going to do. So then when Jordan Matthews left this receiving core, you, then you were wondering, okay, what what's going to happen now? Right. And given the way they played week one, you have to be satisfied. You have yeah. to be encouraged. You have to be. And uh, all, all around the offense as a whole, you definitely have to be encouraged because there wasn't no really – horrific penalties you know there wasn't those mistakes that they have obviously the Wentz interception you can't put that on him yeah he might have telegraphed that pass on where it was going but it was tipped so can't blame him for that like you said the wide receivers they played really well all across the board you know Torrey Smith you know Wentz overthrew him a couple of times but they're going to get that connection together and Jeffrey you know teams are going to double cover him they're going to put a safety over the top so you're not mad at that the only thing is the Running game. Other than that, everything was good. Things will open up for like for, for me. I'm not worried about Alshon Jeffries, mm-hmm. and I, I think, in fact, maybe the one thing I would be worried about with him is him personally getting frustrated. Yeah, because we see what's going on. You know that the the Eagles don't have a running a running game that teams need to respect just mm-hmm. yet, and they don't have. And even though they played well on Sunday, they don't really have receivers outside of Alshon yeah. that you need to respect. Right. So yeah, you know, you you know that if you're Alshon Jeffrey, you're going to get the other team's best cornerback. You know, you're more going often than not. Yeah, more often than not, you're going to get the other team's best cornerback. You're going to see the double teams. You're going to see the safety help. So it's imperative week after week for the Nelson Aguilars, the Zach Ertzes, the Tory Smiths, even Brent Selleck to step up. Mm-hmm. And if they step up, that's going to open up things oh, yeah. for Alshon Jeffries. Oh, if they don't, then you know Alshon be looking for someplace else to play next season. <laughs> yeah, and that and and that and that's the truth. And I mean, he had opportunities to make a couple of catches. They were contested, and obviously you can't blame him. He almost came down with the ball, but didn't. But like you said, if Aguilar keeps on producing, like he's not going to put it eight three yards every game. Like we know that's not going to happen. But if he can at least give you fifty, mm-hmm. at least give you fifty and a couple of catches, you'll take that. And if Torrey Smith can continue to stretch the field, even though Wentz didn't, didn't you know connect, he at least gave the opposing defense a threat saying. This guy can stretch the field and get open. I mean, he almost he literally he he, he beat J- Josh Norman a few times. Mm-hmm. Sunday and all he went just pulls back just a little bit. That's a touchdown. So here's the thing about Carson Wentz, and it's something that I've talked about really all preseason. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is country strong. I think he is. I think his the his strength as a player mm-hmm. is underrated yeah. and under underrated and understated. He's not an easy tackle. He's yeah. not an easy sack. You know, you're you're going in and he's avoiding tackles. He's shaking off tackles. He is a strong dude. And he can do a lot in the pocket, which can be a blessing and a curse because you see all that, that scrambling and you see that, you know, all that improvising. And it's like, dude, you're going to improvise us right out this game, son. <laughs> I mean – I mean, I mean, let's be real. We're we're all happy with the, the Aguilar touchdown, right? But how many? Let's be real, fans. 
be real with me. How many of y'all, when that play was transpiring, when 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 Wentz still had the ball and he was running for his life, were you just sitting? Like, oh my god, dude, just get rid of it, dude, just get rid of it, dude. Just, what are you doing? What? Are, uh, uh, oh, touchdown! Oh, right. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I mean, uh, let's let's be real. Yeah. Especially if you throwing it to Nelson Aguilar, right? You know, you sit here, you watching the game, you throw it up high. Like, who's he throwing it to? Oh my God! Not no, no. no. Will, he, will he catch no. it? No. Oh my God! It's in his air. No, he's gonna air? get intercepted. Oh, no. Wait, oh, what? What he caught it? <laughs> and he's running. He's running. What, what? He's gonna score? He's turning around. He's backing it. Right. He's the short <laughs> Jackson now. You Djax? Really? You ain't caught a touchdown in, a, in 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 how long? Since you, last you, year you, against you, the Giants, I think. The fact you got to think about it yeah. says says it all. Hey. The fact you got to think about it says it all. And but you know, hey, I'll take it. Right, we'll, I'll, I'll take we'll, it. I'll, I'll take, take it. it. Now look, here's some we we didn't talk about this a lot last week, mm-hmm. so we got to get into it right now. This defense is as good as advertised. All right. Your boy, the man you said was full fake last week. Right. Ron Darby. This, oh, my God. That was ugly. I can't look at it. The fourth member of the Migos. Yeah. Really? He do look like. He, he's the fourth member. He do. <laughs> well, look, he's going to have time to perform. He can probably cut a whole album with them dudes now because he's out four to six weeks with, yeah. a, uh, with a dislocated ankle. But, you, I mean, in the end, I mean, he, he, he really – he played pretty well. I thought he, you know, I thought he represented himself well. I thought this defense as a whole represented itself well. They blitzed. They got pressure on the quarterback, which takes the pressure off those DBs. Mm-hmm. If the DBs are going to be a question mark, and they're going to be more of a question mark now without Darby, it was imperative for these guys to get pressure. And that Washington offensive line, they, they ain't slouches. No, they're, they're not. They definitely aren't slouches. And like you said, you got to give credit to Jim Schwartz, you know, coaching these guys up, but also actually blitzing. Like, last year we saw he really wasn't about blitzing and really sending extra guys. And I understand that because you know your corners are very suspect and you don't want to leave them on an island. But at the times he brought the pressure, it worked. It was it, it, it was exactly what you needed. Like you said, defensive line played great. They got pressure on Covens. Um, the linebackers, you know. They were great. Michael Kendricks, you know, we're still seeing, you know, the reincarnation of him. You know, he's playing really good, and that's a, and that's still a surprise. Not only has Michael Kendricks kind of transformed himself, mm-hmm. I feel like my view of Michael Kendricks is transformed. Oh, yeah. I, I, I went from get him out of here now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? No, I, I didn't. Let me, let me, I take that back. <laughs> I take that back. I take that. I was like, oh, oh okay. I don't know what to make of this guy to, okay, maybe this guy is a cornerstone. Then to get rid of this guy no matter what. Then it was like, okay, he's playing well. Maybe we can get something good to him. And now it's like, hey, I don't know if I want him to go now. And right now, Michael Kendricks is looking, 
you know, he like a like rookie Michael Kendrick. Uh, yeah, he, he's look he's he's played all right. I I can't you know there yes there are, there there there's room for improvement on this right. team, but if of the few complaints that you can make about this defense so mm-hmm. far and what you've seen in the preseason and the one regular season game, Michael Kendrick's ain't one of them. No, Michael Kendrick's has played well and he's doing what you need him to do, which is he's good. You know, stopping the run, coming up, and you know, tackling. That's what he's good for. Yeah, coverage can he get better? Definitely, but the Eagles are prob- Eagles are definitely not going to put him in a, in a situation where he's going to become a liability in coverage. I mean, to even see you know Nigel Bradham drop back in coverage the way he did, and you know almost have an interception. I think that was you know encouraging to see. And Jordan Hicks, you know he's everywhere. He he's a guaranteed Pro Bowler this year. If if anything, if he can stay healthy, yeah, that's, that's he the, only, that's yeah, the, the only, thing. the only thing about Jordan Hicks is yeah, he just stay like, healthy. I, I need one. I need him to stay healthy. Two. I need him to get up quickly after every play. <laughs> right. Anytime he's laying on the ground lingering, I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> Jordan Hicks is hurt again. Get up, get up, get up, please, please get up, please. But nonetheless, his defense played well, especially when you know that this season. So much of the success of this team is riding on the defense. Certainly. It was, you know, they're 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 moving on. They're playing Alex Smith, mm-hmm. you know, who's I'm I'm not quite sure. Like where like in your in from your vantage point, from your perspective. Is Alex Smith an upgrade at quarterback over Kirk Cousins or a downgrade? Are they playing? Do you believe they're playing a better quarterback this week? I definitely think. I definitely think you, they are because Alex Smith. He's very methodical in how he sees the game. Like he's the perfect fit for a West Coast offense, and the way he just he picks his spot. And like people might, you know, harp on him as being captain checkdown, which I think we all do because he doesn't help any of us in fantasy points. Because he just checks the ball down all the time. Is Alex Smith your quarterback in fantasy? No. Oh, I was about to say. No, no, not at all. Ben Roethlisberger. But um, Smith, a lot of people talk about him being a check down type of guy. But when he picks his spots, he usually Mm -hmm. hits. And we saw that on Thursday night where, you know, they're just luring the Chiefs to sleep. They're just luring them to sleep with these check downs and, you know, running these. You know, plays where they're going with the, you know, inverted positions with um, what's his name with, you know, Travis Kelsey. And, you know, they're getting uh, Kareem Hunt in the game. And we can talk more about Kareem Hunt and my expressive love for him. But, you know, uh, makes me feel uncomfortable. But we got to do it. We got to do it. But he's just captain. But again, he picked the spot. And when he did, he hit. Uh, Tyreek Hill for a 75-yard touchdown. It was like, whoa, this guy can get the ball down the field. Well, yeah, he was the he was the number one overall pick for a reason. All right, all right. Well, look, man, this defense is this defense is going to be the straw that stirs the drink that is this Eagle season. Or break the camel's back. All right. Well, we'll we'll see. Right now, they look. I like my analogy better. I like I like what I like what I said. All right. We're going to go with that. All right, we'll roll with that. All right, we're going to roll with that. All right, hey, look, it's John Brown, Javon Alford. If you didn't know who we were already, it's the best in the world sports report. You like what you hear? Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. Mm-hmm. Once again, that is at B-I-T-W Sports. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will have a special guest. 
and we will talk Eagles and Chiefs on the Best in the World Sports Report. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know totalsportslive.com. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Just treat me better. After all, we're in this together. To get your high blood pressure to a healthy range, visit heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. All right, you guys, we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report, talking Eagles and Chiefs. And you know what that means. You know what it means when you have when you look on your schedule and you see the Kansas City Chiefs. It means another reunion with the man himself, the man who coached this team for 14 seasons, took us to the Super Bowl. We we lost, but you know we'll, we'll get over that. It's, yeah, it's it's all right. We got there. It's all right. We got we got there. That's not. A, biggest participation trophy of all time mm-hmm. we got there <laughs> anyway look well i can't even say i was about to say the chiefs are in town now we're going out there to see them all right so we got we got to talk we yeah. got to talk about this yeah, because these to. dudes went out went out to foxborough and beat the patriots and they didn't beat the they smoked the patriots smoked the defending champions in their barn on national television mm-hmm so that makes me worried about what these dudes is going to do to us <laughs> right. on Sunday. Because if they could do that to Tom Brady and the Patriots, mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen to the green guys on Sunday. So to talk about that, we have a guest. And our guest on the show today from ArrowheadPride.com. Want to get that right? Ourheadpride.com as part of SB Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome Pete Sweeney to the show. Pete, what's going on, my friend? What's up, guys? Anytime I get welcome to the best in the world sports report, I'm not going to turn that down. So oh I appreciate you guys welcoming me on. See, first of all, see, we're trying to project here because, you know, we're, we're a small operation, but we figured if we call ourselves <laughs> the best in the world, people might actually believe that and then want to come on the show. Like, oh my hey, God. you are you you are what you say you are. I like it, guys. I like what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. Well, look, what um, you've covered you covered this team for a long time, and you've seen you've been there you've been there pretty much and seen the entire Andy Reid tenure there. He's been there four seasons now. This is year number five. Um, right now, as as a fan base, what do the fans think of Andy Reid? Are they happy with him? Are they happy with the job that he's done with this team so far? I know. I think you guys mentioned it. You guys had him for 14 years, and I think you had enough time to maybe really see the weaknesses of Andy Reid. But right now, I mean, I feel like Kansas City looks at him as some sort of football messiah in a way just because they were so bad for so long uh, when they had other coaches. You know, they they 
uh, weren't winning. Uh, I think the season before they were two and fourteen, so they were ready for something new. And ever since Andy Reid's been in Kansas City, and this has now been since uh, twenty thirteen. This has been a winning franchise, so they love Andy Reid. And you know what? Uh, I don't think that's going to wear off as he continues uh, to uh, project his team better and better further and further in the playoffs. You saw they got to the division round, then they won the division last year. You know, now I think the Chiefs fans want the next step, but they love Andy Reid just because he's turned this whole thing around. And he has, and he, he has turned this thing around, and he's he's had a he's had a lot of success, and part of his staff while he was there was Doug Peterson. Now, granted, he was, I believe Doug Peterson was the quarterback's coach when he was uh, with, the, with the Chiefs. So do you, like, is he somebody you guys missed? Like, what, what were your thoughts of Doug Peterson as, as just a coach? Did you see head coaching him? I think Doug Peterson did a fantastic job. I think when you're an offensive coordinator under Andy Reid, you're a little bit limited just because, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you're running the defense. Andy Reid has a lot of control over this offense, and I know there was some weird stuff about whether or not Doug Peterson called plays in Kansas City, but from what I've seen in Andy Reid, he wouldn't give up play calling. I'm not sure exactly what happened, uh, so it was really hard to tell whether or not Doug Peterson could become a head coach. Since he's been in Philadelphia, I understand he's probably done an okay job, but listen, you guys are want to know it's a fresh start this year. As far as I could tell when he was in Kansas City, uh, you just weren't sure. And, and that was really the bottom line. So now that he's kind of just been thrown into the water, I think you're going to get what you're going to get. And uh, you're seeing it right now. And, and at least I think this year, on your end of things, you're 1-0 to start. Yes. Um, in fact, once again, that's 1-0 tied for the best record in football mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, all, we're, we're all about we're all about September Super Bowls here right now. All right, yes. we're all That's about right. throwing That's out right. all the all the cliches, all the over overreactions, everything you want to hear. So right now we are tied for the best record in football. We're the best, you know. We're tied for the best team in football. We're the division leaders. We are the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles right now. That's because because look, we're you know, Javon and I we're not journalists. We're we're, we're podcast hosts. So we can be fans. We can talk fan speak right here. That's that's yeah. what we do. So you know, I understand yep. that that's not you know that that might not be the way most journalists would talk about it. But you know, I'm a, I, in the end, I'm a fan. So my team <laughs> it, is undefeated. It's a 15-way tie. We got the Jags, the Rams, and the Bills are all in the mix. I don't. I don't know who those guys are. I'm not even thinking about those guys. I can. I can only. I can only see my team. I can only see green. I see green, and then I see the team in front of us, which is coached by a guy that, who, I, I think, maybe you know, his. It, it, it's funny when you when you talk about Andy Reid because. He, he had a lot of success in this town, and he was a very likable guy, and he's the type of person that really endeared himself to the fan base. So it's not surprising that – it's not surprising to hear you, Pete, say how popular he he is in Kansas City because he was really popular here. Right. And, and, yeah, no, and, and, and he's, a, he's a fun guy. You know, he's not afraid to talk about – things that regular people talk about, like cheeseburgers. I'm sure you guys dealt with that for over 10 years. Oh, just, yeah. You know, at the, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, he's passionate about football, but he's really kind of a fun-loving guy. And I think from a fan perspective, you got to love that. Yeah, you, you got to love that. In fact, um, you know, as the different Andy Reid 
uh, stories are coming out this week. Uh, one of the stories that came out was Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, saying that when he interviewed Andy for the head coaching position, he took him out to dinner and Andy ordered three steaks while they were out at dinner. Guys, guys got to eat. Big man. That's tremendous. You know, me, me, I'm, I'm, I'm a large dude too. So that, like, that's in, that's awe inspiring to me. <laughs> Next business dinner, I, I, I got to top that. I might order seven steaks. You know, well, he, he, he set, he set the bar, and I think, I think, you know, you're in a position where you know what to reach for at this point. So I think that's a, that's a good outlook to have. It is, it is, it is. So let's get, uh, let's get to the game. Let's get to the game itself. Um, you guys are riding high. And you got a you got a young running back, and that's kind of, you know it's it's surprising a little bit for most people you know familiar with Andy Reid and the type of offense that he normally runs and the teams that he's had in the past. That when you look at an Andy Reid led team, you're the first thing you want to talk about is this stud running back that they had. Um, how different has it been? What, like what? I mean, you've seen him up close. Tell me about Rush. Tell me, tell me about the type of guy he is. Well, Kareem, Kareem Hunt. He he's a rookie. I said Rush. Obviously, I, said, I meant Hunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he he's 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 a rookie. But what he's shown so far and, and throughout training camp, it's it's just a different style back than Chiefs have been used to these past few years. You know, Jamal Charles has had these injuries, so it's been the Sharkandrick West and Spencer Ware show, and they're good. I mean, they're good, solid backs. But they're the type of backs that are not going to be your starting running back for years and years and years, whereas Kareem Hunt showed early signs in training camp that he could do a variety of things, whether it be catch passes out of the backfield, which we know Andy Reid likes, or straight-up rush. He just shows a little bit of uh, side-to-side versatility. So you really like that in Kareem Hunt. And I don't think anyone could have expected the 246-yard record-breaking output that you got in week one in Foxborough. But as far as a potential to be a starter for this team, definitely signs during training camp. And you got to like the start that he was able to get off to, especially when the last true starting running back of this team in Jamal Charles, he was the leading rusher of all time for this team. So we've been waiting now for a few years for a true replacement. And I think Spencer Ware and Chuck Kendrick West kind of were able to fill in for a few years, but this is the next guy kind of uh, taking that throne that Jamal Charles had left vacant if you would say that. Yeah, definitely, Pete. And, hey, this is a Jovan. And like you said, you talk about Kareem Hunt, and he, you know. His name is Hunt, by, Kareem, by the yes, way. Kareem Hunt. Not, not Kareem. Kareem Rush played basketball. Yeah. <laughs> My fault. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, you know, you. His name is Hunt. <laughs> you mentioned, you know, how, you know, Kansas City's been looking, you know, been waiting for their next franchise back because, you know, Jamal Charles, like you said, he was there, you know, teamed lean rusher. And, you know. Spencer, you know, Spencer Ware, you know, gets hurt. So you're like, oh, my God, what are you about to do? You know, this guy comes out of nowhere. Just talk about how the Chiefs have, you know, almost drafted because Kareem Hunt, you know, they got in the third round. And last year before that, they got Tyreek Hill in like in the fifth round. Two guys that they hit on that a lot of the league just totally blew past. But these guys be, are, you know, Hunt, you know, he's starting to have a good – he got a good start to his career. Tyreek Hill, you know, who's blowing up to, you know, be one of – the next, you know, good to great wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, you know what? I just think it was a really good ba- uh, good draft for these rookie running backs. So Kareem Hunt might have got a little bit lost in the mix. 
And, uh, you know, there were some other guys. You have, you know, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, all big-name type guys. And when it came to Kareem Hunt, he just didn't have um, that look to him to be a dominating force. He comes out of Toledo, and, yes, he had the career yards rushing in Toledo, but these other guys were a little bit sexier. So you saw Kareem Hunt fall to the third round. The Chiefs are lucky to get him. And I think had uh, it not been such a great year for running backs in the draft, and maybe you see Hunt go in the first round. But, again, uh, teams were able – the teams that did need a running back were able to pick one up in the first, second round. So Hunt fell. And I, I think the Chiefs uh, took advantage of that. And I, and I think it'll be their starter now for the next uh, few years, foreseeable future. And as far as Tyreek Ty- Ty- Hill goes, this was another guy that would have been drafted a lot earlier if not for some of the off-the-field stuff. Right. The Chiefs took a big risk. You remember he had all that pro- those problems in college. The Chiefs took a big risk on him, and it paid off because now you have a guy – who may potentially be in the mix to be the top five yards from scrimmage this year. And that came out of nowhere. Um, and in a situation, too, where you're getting a little bit of cap trouble, you got to release your number one wide receiver, Jeremy Macklin, who we saw on Sunday can still do it. He already had a touchdown for the Baltimore Ravens. That was pretty impressive, um, you know, mostly yards after the catch uh, uh, on that. So you can, you can tell they probably didn't really want to release Macklin, but they had to do it. Luckily for them, they had this guy in Tyreek Hill who was able to replace uh, the spot that, that Macklin left off. And I think it could be a little bit of trouble uh, for the Eagles even looking towards this Sunday when you look at Darby uh, potentially being out. I know he's, he's week to week at this point, that's what Peterson said. So um, that could be a guy that really causes the Eagles uh, some problems. You know, when you look at that team, and you guys know probably better than I would even know, but that, they got a pretty good front seven, and the problems may be in the secondary, and Tyreek Hill has a chance to exploit that. He does. He does. And when you, it's, it's funny because you talk about the, you talk about Hunt, Kareem Hunt, not Rush. Yeah. You talk about Kareem Hunt, and you talk about Ty, uh, Tyreek Hill, a third round pick, a fifth round pick, and right now in Philadelphia, there's a lot of question marks mm-hmm. about the Eagles' drafting abilities. And one thing that I had talked about going into this draft, and yes, Javon, I'm going to say it another week in a row. You know, this is like the 18th week in a row that I've talked about the draft. When I've talked about the draft, I've talked about the needs for being able to get day one starters from the beginning. And now you're seeing a third. You're looking at Andy Reid in Kansas City with a third round pick who might be there, who's blossoming before our eyes into their running back of the future and a fifth round pick become their number one wide receiver. And we've now been waiting, what, three seasons for the 19th pick in the draft to finally become a just just an okay wide receiver. Yep. And now we have, we're a team with a bunch of late round running backs and it seems like our coach doesn't even want to get them the ball. You know, we're out there running LeGarrette Le- Le- Blount, who in football years is about 87 years old. <laughs> he's a so, big boy, too. He's a big, big boy. Yeah, he's a, he's a guys, big guy. And, and, and in, in, the, in Blunt and Sproles, you know, and I, I think I kind of mentioned it in saying with the wear and West, they're a little bit one-dimensional, where Blunt, you know, maybe kind of that short yardage back, bigger guy, you know, we talked about bigger guys before. A guy that'll have three stakes in one sitting could probably get you that first down. And he has Sproles is a little bit dicey. But, yeah, it seems like the Eagles, at least from what I could tell, and, and like I said, you guys watch them more than I do, but they're missing that 
uh, all-around running back than maybe they could have went after in this year's draft. Yeah, you're certainly right about that. I every When I saw the game on Thursday, I was like, oh, God, look at Kareem Hunt. He looked so much better in the Eagles jersey, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I, I watched a lot of running backs this weekend yeah. who would have looked better in uh in the Eagles jersey. Tariq, Hunt. Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen. Listen, uh, listen, Dalvin you, Cook. You got, you, you guys can keep Russ in that that Eagles jersey. We'll keep we'll keep Kareem. <laughs> I think that might be next. Right, we, I, we, 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 might, we might sign Kareem Russ. Right. That's what we're gonna find out. <laughs> I'm, 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 we'll call you back and I'm like, hey man, I was right all along. It was Kareem Rush. That's our that that's our that's our running back of the future. But another part of, because it seems like it seems like these two teams are are are, are kind of. Mirror images, mirror images, and there's so many different ties to one another. So you have former head coach of the Eagles coaching the Chiefs, the former OC of the Chiefs, head coach of the Eagles. Don't forget Greg Lewis, and then Greg Lu- Greg Lewis is back in uh, Kansas, Kansas City, City now. Yes, he is. Yeah, and Kansas Benny City. Logan. Oh yeah, see there you go. But also, what you have is yeah, you got brothers. Mm-hmm. You got our center Jason Kelsey, his brother Travis. Is out there in uh, Kansas City, yep. and he and now look. The Kansas City Chiefs no good tight ends because one of the greatest tight ends of all time played in that organization. But now I want now with the emergence of with Hunt, not Rush Hunt and Hill, because I almost called him Tyreek Evans. Ty, uh, Hunt and, and Hill, like. Where is where is Travis Kelsey in this uh, in this offense? Like, See, I think uh, when I looked at this team in training camp, I assumed that they'd be running all the offense through Tyreek Hill just because he does a lot. But if if Tyreek Hill's your one A, then to me Travis Kelsey is your one B. And I think you saw week one that Bill Belichick has this tendency. What does he like to do? He likes to take your biggest weapon out of the game. I think you saw that in week one in Travis Kelsey. Now teams may go back to the tape and say, you know what, we can't be putting two guys on Kelsey. We can't be bracketing him because of Tyreek Hill, because of Kareem Hunt in the backfield. And that's going to be a real problem with the Chiefs because when you have three guys who can really do it and really who are bringing production, then which way do you go? And, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would bet that Travis Kelsey has a better week this week than he did last week just as far as production. This is not the type of guy, and you probably know a little bit from the attitude of your center, that – Kelsey's don't like to have bad weeks, and it's rare that you'll see a bad week back-to-back, and that's why what makes them such good football players. Yeah, you're right about that. And his, going back to last season, Eagles has had so much problems with covering tight ends. I mean, we've seen it in the NFC East. Jordan, Jordan Reed, Jason Witten, they, you know, they have continuous problems. But one thing I thought was very interesting in Thursday's game was how the Chiefs were kind of, like you said, the Patriots trying to take him, trade Kelsey out the game, but the Chiefs were finding him to use him, were finding different ways to use him, like have him in the backfield, you know, running sweeps. And did you think of, even think that would be happening, like Travis Kelsey, you know, taking snaps and running sweeps and doing all this, you know, interesting wide receiver-ish Tyreek Hill type plays? Well, I wouldn't have, except during training camp, Travis Kelsey partook in a quarterback challenge, which the quarterbacks would do after each practice. And literally one day I watched this Travis Kelsey hit more targets than Alex Smith. And I said, maybe this guy could go in as an emergency quarterback one day. And you saw him take the handoff uh, the other day, fake, fake the toss to the left, 
and get the first down. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, why is that necessary? And, like, if you get a first down, though, why not? And so Travis Kelsey, he showed that he can kind of do it all um, a little bit. And I think, like I said, I think he'll get, he'll get back to that bread and butter a little bit more this week, the catching, the yards after the catch. Because this guy in space, one of the deadliest uh, stiff arms in the league, in my opinion, and you just didn't see it last week. And to the Chiefs' credit, they shut down Gronk, too. So, really, it was two strengths that were kind of shut down. Um, and credit to Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, they both did allow a lot of points, but their biggest it wasn't because of their biggest weapons in who I think everyone is in sort of agreement with are the one-two tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, definitely, no doubt about that. And, you know, we've talked about Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. I and, got it now, man. Yeah, I just got to make sure. I, I got it. And Travis Kelsey, but there's always this discussion around you know Alex Smith and and discussion didn't stop when in the draft the Chiefs you know went up and traded up and selected Patrick Mahomes and everybody's like oh my god like could this be like the end of the Alex Smith tenure because now you have a guy Mahomes who can get the ball down the field what is the feeling in Kansas City about you know Smith there being there and also Mahomes because I remember watching the game and people was like well Alex Smith you can't get the ball down the field captain check down but then he just unleashes a 75-yard pass down the field to Tariq Hunt. And everybody's like, oh, he can throw. I think, like you guys probably see in Philadelphia, it's a very out-of-sight, out-of-mind thing. Mm-hmm. People care a lot about Patrick Mahomes when the Chiefs are losing, but then they go out on Thursday night, knock off the world champs in dominating fashion, and all of a sudden everyone's an Alex Smith guy. So I think right now you're right, they're riding the Alex Smith wave. Now, if as we've seen in football – Sometimes, you know, it's an every given Sunday thing, and maybe the Chiefs lose two games in a row. Maybe you hear people start starting to talk about Mahomes again. But right now, uh, people are high in Alex Smith. He's come out today. There was an interview that came out today where he basically came clean about feeling a little bit of the pressure when he was a younger player and how he's learned to let go. Um, he, he had a quote today where uh, someone was asking him about how he used to check um, his passer rating in the middle of games. And this was literally his quote. I'm reading it off to you now. I don't do that now, no. I got a lot more effort in me than that. It took me a long time to build that up. You care less deep down about trying to get people to like you. It took a long time and a lot of air to build up, you know, a good amount of effort. So he's, he's out there. I think he understands what this is. The Chiefs have another year on of him next year, which they can get out of if they cut him for $17 million. So it's either, you know, you have back-to-back divisional round exits. You either get to the AFC title game or you're probably not going to be here next year. And at least in game one, and that's all we have to work with right now, he's playing like it. And so you, you hope that continues. And if it does, Kansas City will embrace him just like I talked about how they embraced Andy Reid. All right, we're talking with Pete Sweeney of ArrowheadPride.com, talking Eagles, Chiefs. They go at it on Sunday. Somebody's always going to go. Got a got a one and O team versus a one and O team. Now we've talked a little bit. Of, we've talked a lot about offense so far, but we want to switch over to the other side of the ball, the defense. And that defense has been very impressive in Kansas City. But you lost the key piece on Sunday with Eric Berry going out for the season. Uh, how how is Kansas City coping? What what are they doing? Are are people leaning towards the panic button with this loss? You know, I think anytime you lose, you know, one of your top defensive players, a lot of people in Kansas City will tell you that Eric Berry is the top defensive player. There's a little bit of panic uh, involved with that. 
luckily in the Chiefs' case, they have two young guys behind him that they really have been building up. Um, I wouldn't say for this role because Eric Berry has been locked up, but uh, just as depth. And Dan, you know, they're they're not as known names nationally for sure, but Daniel Sorensen has what it takes to sort of step into that spot. Uh, I think the bigger loss that you're going to get with Eric Berry is the emotional factor. He, he's a big guy in that locker room uh, that other guys are going to have to step up now, and that's you know Derek Johnson, who's been there for years and years, uh, Justin Houston, uh, because these guys, you know, when they're down in a certain game, they'll rally around Eric Berry. He's sort of their rock uh, where, you know, he gets them up before the game, chance in the middle of the circle. I think a little bit of the emotional factor will be lost as far as the playing on the field. Daniel Sorensen has shown, and this is an undrafted guy from a couple of years back, that he can actually do it. And so I think on the field is really not the worry. It's the emotional thing. But, I mean, you saw when he went away from cancer uh, to, to fight cancer a few years ago, Justin Houston picked up that slack, and Justin Houston last week looked monstrous. He looked like the old Justin Houston got two sacks, plenty of pressures and hurries on the quarterback. So if he can kind of fill in that emotional void and get back to being that dominant player, who don't forget a few years ago we were comparing with J.J. Watt, uh, then I just don't think there's going to be as much panic as you would have maybe in other years where Justin Houston wasn't as healthy. Because there's a chance, because they have Justin Houston, they have a guy like Marcus Peters, that Eric Berry on the field maybe isn't even your best defender anymore. And that's, that's, that's a good thing when it comes to injuries like that. Of course, when it comes to the person, you wish him back as fast as he possibly can get back. Okay, we're on the line with Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com. Now, Pete, another player that Philly fans are familiar with is Tom Bahali. He's the 11-year linebacker out of Penn State. Now, he's hurt right now and not playing. Could you give me a little bit more on the extent of his injury and how the Chiefs plan to replace him on that defense? Well, right now he's on PUP. He, he started the year in PUP, so he's out at least the first, I believe it's like six to eight weeks of the season. Uh, when he comes back, and I think it'll be sort of to reserve energy for him. He's getting a little older now. I think he's 34 years old. Um, he'll come back fresh uh, for the last 10 weeks of the season. So right now it's been the, it's been the uh, Justin Houston show uh, coming at you on the left, and then the D Ford uh, on the right, right outside in the 3-4. And uh, they've, they've been pretty good. D Ford had a great year last year, but it was on that left side where Justin Houston is. So it's whether or not D Ford can take that production and now do it on the right side. And I'm interested in seeing what happens this year, uh, or, or I'm sorry, this Sunday, because uh, your left tackle and Jason Peters is a little banged up, and that should open the door, you would hope, at least if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, for D Ford to maybe get to the quarterback a little bit quicker. His thing is he has the speed rush. It's building those other moves, uh, and you want to see that on the right side before you're ready to anoint D Ford the next one of these Sac City guys like a Justin Houston, like a Tom Bahali. But I think Sunday offers a uh, magical opportunity for D Ford just because, you know, Peters is a little bit banged up. And just thinking about that, that is so scary to think about that. Peters might get hurt or might be banged up, and we got to depend on Vitae to – to defend against uh, D4, uh, that's just scary. We'll be, we'll be all right. It's well, not Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. That's as long true. as it's not Ryan Kerrigan, who's pretty much ate that man's lunch for I don't know how long now. Yeah. But, well, yeah, Carson uh, Carson Wentz, who looked pretty good last game, if he throws another pass like that in the direction to the right, uh, Peters is, has even more ground to cover. Right? That's going to be a dangerous pass for Marcus Peters out there. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we talked about the offense and defense. 
what is your prediction for Sunday's game? What do you see happening score-wise? Just, you know, tell us what you think is going to be happening in this game. I think this is a classic game where you have two head coaches that know each other really well. Really underrated signing by the Eagles was Devontae Bosby to the practice squad. He spent all of training camp with the defense. Uh, so if Doug, if you didn't think Doug Peterson knew the Chiefs defense well enough, he got a guy that was here throughout training camp, had his nose in the playbook trying to learn it for the year just in case he was staying here. So now he, 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 may, he may be able to pick up cues that he wouldn't have otherwise had. I'm sure Chiefs will be changing him this week. But that was a, that was a very big signing, and he, may, he probably won't have an, even an impact on the game, but he can go in and help the defense as far as scheming, things like that. Uh, so interesting, interesting signing uh, by the Eagles headed into this game. That's something like Bill Belichick does with the Bills a lot that you'll see. Um, as far as what's going to happen on Sunday, I think the bottom line is uh, the Chiefs are a little bit better of a team right now. I think, I, I think it's an evenly matched game for most of the game, but I do see the Chiefs probably winning by a touchdown or two, maybe a 10-point, 14-point game, just because there's the home field advantage. That crowd's going to be rocking. It's one of the loudest places in the world. And you're coming off a game where you've played so well against such a good team. I just don't see them um, going back on that. Now, that said, that leaves quite a hangover. So Andy Reid, playing his old team, will have to have these guys ready, and I think that may even help um, in, that, in that this game they'll know is going to be so important to Andy Reid. He doesn't want to lose to Doug Peterson on his own field. Yeah, they, he definitely doesn't want to do that. I mean, we remember a couple of years ago he came back. Uh, up to here link financial field they beat the eagles on thursday night so we'll definitely see what happens really appreciate you coming on again pete and taking some time out to talk to us uh before we wrap uh just give fans you know and everybody listeners your social media where you can check out your work at arrowhead pride stuff just put it all out there for the listeners all right philadelphia you can find my twitter at pg swain so follow it this week and then six years from now when they play the chiefs again and uh, ArrowheadPride.com, if you want to listen to any of our podcasts, our shows, our Facebook Live, things like that, Arrowhead Pride. Well, well let's, just get, let's, let's just take care of this business right now. Right. In six years, we need you to come back on the Best in the World Sports Report, <laughs> and we'll talk about this. I mean, we'll, pre- we'll probably be on, like, our third coach by then, yeah. uh, and, and while Big Red is still out there in Kansas City. But we need to make sure that we have you booked for whatever week we play the Chiefs in six years. Well, well, by that time, I hope I have NFL Network or ESPN after my name, but I'll be happy to come back on it. Anyway. That is fine. Hey, look, we, we've, we've had people from the NFL Network on this show. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't happy, think they, I don't to, think they knew. To, but you know. happy, to, happy to come back anyway. All right. Hey, that is Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com, .com, y'all. All right, talking Eagles. Chiefs. want to thank him. So, look, let's take a quick break. And then we will come back with more. We'll wrap things up. Uh, We'll go for the free-for-all, talk about a couple of different things as we wrap up this week's edition of the Best in the World Sports Report. Just a reminder, you can catch us every Saturday, 8 a.m. on phillygoflow.com. 8 a.m., phillygoflow.com. That's us. We'll be back on Best in the World Sports Report. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Yeah. <laughs> 
you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. All right, we are back on the best in the world sports report. John Brown, Javon Alford here once again and getting you ready for a weekend of sports. Got the Eagles and the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, season's still young, so, you know, we're still excited. You know, we're very excited about the Eagles. Uh, Phillies, not so much, yeah. but they do have some bright spots. Very much so. All right, this is, look, the Bull Reese Hopkins. <laughs> You said that very quietly. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, for real, because it's like, I think what what he's doing is is crazy. What yeah. he's doing is unprecedented, and it's easy to lose sight of because you're just so frustrated with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I was having a conversation. It was like a two-part conversation, one with a friend and then another with my father about how frustrated I've been with Mikel Franco. Right. Uh Lately, and it's like I've, I, it gets to the point where I can't watch the Phillies because Franco is playing, and I get so pissed off at him that it makes me want to turn off the game. But then when I turn off the game, I end up missing another home run by Reese Hopkins. Yes, what this dude is doing is crazy. It's it's unprecedented. I mean, he, the the tear he's been on is just everything he hits. It's it's, it's going, out of the park. It's going out of the park, mm-hmm. and he's the new big piece. He's yeah, big, he's big piece 2.0. Yeah, just without the strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, without the strike. He, in fact, he he's next piece. We'll call him the next piece. Next piece. You know, you had the big piece. Reese Hopkins is the next piece. The next piece. Because I, I saw the little billboard. They got billboards now that's all over the city. They call him Reese Lightning. Yes. I don't like that. Like grease lightning. Yeah, I Reese just lightning. I, look. I, you don't have to explain it to me. It's not that you. I don't. It's not that I don't like it because I don't him. get they got it. The Reese Lightning T-shirts. You got a Reese Lightning t-shirt? No, I just said I seen him. Oh, I was about to say, if you wear... You're $14. I don't want one. On Public. I, I'm I'm good. It's not licensed merchandise. I understand. Well, look, I'm not boycotting <laughs> baseball. I'm boycotting the Phillies because they suck. <laughs> I'm boycotting them because they're awful. But they got young players. Yeah, they do. They're, 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 you know, they got young players... And you just wait. You're you're hoping one of them emerges and can become a good leader, because that is what this team needs. They right now. I, I and this is a conversation for another day. But I do not know if the Phillies can be a good team. You know, if if the Phillies can be a good team, can turn themselves into a contender with Mikel Franco and Adubo Herrera being the best players on this team. Nah, I, I and we'll but, talk about that. That's 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 another show. Yeah, that's a whole show. That's a whole that's, that's a whole other show. show. Yeah, that is a whole other show. But I just don't believe that the Phillies can be good with those two guys as the cornerstones. I think they could be pieces. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind them being pieces surrounding 
whoever the best player on his team is. But I don't believe that Mikel Franco and Odubel Herrera can be the best players on this team and this team succeed. I that's that's just where I. All right. Yep. All right, cool. I agree with it. All right. Moving yeah, on. Totally right. Moving on. All right. A little bit of controversy this week, if you want to call it that. Da da da. Yeah. Do that again. Da da da. Is that your controversy music? Yeah. All right. I guess. I'm with it. It works. All right. Okay. That's cool. But uh, our good friend, Mr. Donovan McNabb, kind of ruffled some feathers this week when he made some comments about Carson Wentz. Now, here's, here's the thing about Donovan McNabb. Here's the thing about him. Let's, let's get something straight before you, we say anything else. Donovan McNabb is the greatest quarterback in the history of the Eagles. All right? Without a question. I agree with that. There's, you know, that's not up for debate. The greatest quarterback in his franchise's history is Mr. Donovan F. McNabb. All right? He should be respected. Eagles won a lot of games because of him. He kept us in the conversation of one of the best teams in the league. I understand he didn't win it all. You know, there were some really bad playoff losses. Not all of them were his fault. Nope. Some of them were. Whatever. Yes, he threw up in the Super Bowl. But that's okay. But that is okay because he then drove them 72 yards and four touchdowns. All right? People forget that. People kill him for throwing up in the Super Bowl. Forget how that drive ended. However, here's the thing about Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb has a, you know, I I don't know, I don't have a better term to describe it. But since this is our podcast and we have no senses and we don't answer anybody, Donovan McNabb is douchey. Yeah. Donovan McNabb. Comes off self-entitled. Yes. Donovan McNabb has a very, he has has a douchebag demeanor. Yeah. And it's a shame because he, he is a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's the greatest quarterback this franchise has ever seen. Yeah. But he has such a douchebag demeanor mm-hmm. that it makes it hard to hear things that he says. Right. Even if it might be correct. Yes. And that, that, that that's the point. That he'll say things now that he is a commentator yeah. slash columnist, whatever, whatever you want to call him now. Mm-hmm. Despite, despite the fact that that is now his job. He says things that could be spot on, and you just want to be like, "Dude, dude, shut up!" Yeah, because it's Stop almost, it, it almost comes off slanting like he's like he's hating a little bit. Yeah, because now you, you, you're hearing people, and I've talked with people, and I and we're you know, if you're on this podcast, you're on Twitter all the time. You're part of Eagles Twitter, and there's so many people talking about why is he slamming Carson Wentz? Why is he disrespecting <laughs> Carson Wentz? He's so jealous. He's jealous of Carson Wentz. Let's be real here. He doesn't have nothing jealous to be about. Exactly. Nothing to be jealous Look, about. I like Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is the quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz has not done anything in the what seventeen games he's played. Yep. Seven. He's not. Carson Wentz has not accomplished anything in the seventeen games of his NFL career nope. that Donovan McNabb should be jealous of. There's absolutely no reason for Donovan McNabb to be jealous of Carson Wentz. All right? Not at all. Now, look. You know, he was, he was over there talking with another friend of the Philadelphia area, Stephen A. Smith, 
Because, you know, some people, we just love Stephen A. in this town. That was sarcasm. Very much, very much sarcasm. Screaming A. Smith. Yeah, everything he says is important. But, you know, he, he's talking with Stephen A. And I, and, and basically, I think what he, all he was saying, the gist of what he was saying was just, hey, let's, Let's chill before we crown this man. Right. Because it's one game in the season. Mm-hmm. And this is the same team that started out 3-0 and last year right. when we crowned him. Right. And look how that turned out. Right. Which is a logical response. It's a that, very logical, that edu- makes sense. educated response. That makes sense. But, I get that. But it's Donovan McNabb. So it comes off like he's hating. So it's just... Yeah. He sounds like a douchebag, right. but he says he. Mm-hmm. He does. That's just that's just how it is. And then Stephen A didn't help. And Stephen, because you know, being being his interpret, being his interpret and interpreter, Mike. And, and you know, he had to go in there and just scream a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then, and then, and, then and, and, and now the and, and now the two of them just sitting there. I mean, it was just like a a, a douche fest <laughs> between the two of them. And now you just sit over there thinking, why is the former quarterback of this team hating on the current quarterback? And he's not. Right. He's not. He's He's absolutely right. But Donovan McNabb cannot help himself. You know what it's like? You remember Step Brothers? Yeah. All right. There was a scene in Step Brothers because it came on the other day. Step Brothers might be one of my top five favorite movies that have no black people in it. All right. Because usually, like, look, for me, look, a movie's got to have black people for me to be interested in. So, you know, it it takes a lot for me to watch a movie with no black people. But of the movies with no black people that I've seen, Step Brothers is probably one of my favorites. And towards the end, when they're at the Catalina Wine Mixer, Mm -hmm. uh, Rob Riggle goes up to uh, uh, Will Ferrell. He says, there's just something about your face that just makes me want to punch you. And I feel like that's how people feel about Donovan McNabb. I don't want to punch him in the face. Right. All right. You but know, every time he speaks. But, but when he speaks, he just says something that makes Philly fans want to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just real. You know, and, he, and and it could it it he could be coming in telling people, hey, man, your house is on fire. Right. And your house really is on fire. But you still instead of wanting to put out the fire, save your family, do whatever. Yeah. You want to punch Donovan McNabb in the face. Yeah. Because you'll say because you'll just be like. What you saw him on my house for? Exactly. He'll come up there. Hey, look, man, it looks like your house is burning down. You don't have a lot of control over what's going on in your house right, right now because it's on fire. And you're just like, dude, really? And really? talking about my house? Right. But your house is on fire. You don't, fu- know, you don't know where I grew up at. You don't like, know you, my upbringing. Exactly. Why are you talking about me like that? <laughs> but that's that's just how he is. That's just how he is. And, and, and it's sad, I mean, because, you know, he should be respected. Yeah, he should be. He should be respected. He should be, but he's but he's not. And like you said, because of that, if that, if that, call it. To, he's a douche. The, he says douchey things. It's the air, the aura that he gives off. That douchebag air aura. Yes, he said. If you can't say it, I would say it. Yes, <laughs> that is the, the the aura that he gives. That's how he is. That's what he does. Yes, that's what he does. But it, it, it is what it is. Hey, you you know, Eagle fans, you know, even with quarterback, they hate him and love him at the same time. He's still the, he's still the greatest quarterback we've ever had. Hey, he's gotten us to a he got us to exactly. a Super Bowl. Um, Four NFC five yeah. NFC championships. Got, got us to a Super Bowl, lost by a field goal. You know, it is what it is. To 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 the spy, greatest to, to one of the great yeah to to Spygate and one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah. 
but it, 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 it is what it is. But before we wrap up, another thing that happened on happened this week, and this kind of really happened as we were taping the show on we we taped the show on Thursday, y'all. Uh, no, what is today? Wednesday. Wednesday. All right, Jamel Hill got called into the principal's office uh, for some comments that she made about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of Trump fans all butthurt about up. that. Yeah, they was they was mad. They they didn't like that. They didn't like that. Now we you, now I know you know you, you're new as the co-host of the show. You've been a long time guest, long time front of the show, but you know it's still just your second show as co-host. Mm-hmm. We used to do something last year. We used to call it the Sit Your Ass Down Award. <laughs> we give it to somebody out there just talking reckless, talking greasy, and sometimes it got to be stopped, mm-hmm. and we give them an award. And that award, we call it the Sit Your Ass Down Award. Now, as people were talking on Twitter about about Jamel Hill, right. giving their thoughts, you know, about how terrible it is. And now, now look, this this is this is a sports show. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't believe in the whole stick to sports. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a believer in that because, like, whenever I see somebody say stick to sports, I almost always tweet them and say, "Why don't you stick to what you're doing instead of telling grown people how <laughs> how to live their life?" Why is like you said that really angry? Just yeah, now. yeah. Cause, <laughs> but but that's what I say. It's like if you follow me on Twitter, you see me getting it with these people all the time. It's like, hey, hey, stick to sports. And and look, man. You know, I've I've, I've made a f- I'm I'm not trying to name drop or whatever, but I've made a few friends in this city. There are people who I like in this city, you know, people who are good people. So when you get up on Twitter and you get your little Twitter guts and you got your Twitter fingers going on and you out here talking greasy, you know, I gotta step in. I gotta step in because look, I am not a journalist. All right, I'm not. I don't pretend to be one. I'm just a dude who spent a little money on some mics and a mixer and started a podcast. <laughs> All right. So, like, when you talk to when you talk to some of these people, these radio and TV personalities and these right. writers, you know, they got good attitudes. Right. You know, people criticize them and they just let it roll off. That is not me. You yeah. come at me, I'm gonna come back at you, man. And I've had people like John you can't do that. That's not how it works. I'm like what? If, that's how I work. <laughs> so you come out there and be like, hey man, you need to stick to sports. Hey man, why don't you stick to pumping gas, family? All right. <laughs> and then they get mad. How can you talk to me like that? <laughs> <laughs> they get mad when you call them out. It's like, look, you know what? You know. You know, X, Y, Z from, you know, this radio station might not have the time to get into it with you. Right. I got all day, fam. (laughs) I got all day. So people go back and forth over this Jabelle Hill thing all the time. And one of the most interesting exchanges was between uh, Robert Little from Black Sports Online Mm -hmm. and Britt McHenry. Britt McHenry used to work for ESPN. She got fired, laid off, however you want to call it. But. She got fired. Now she wants to be Fox Sports. Uh, not even Fox Sports. She wants to be like Fox News. Like she wants to go out there and represent all the conservatives out there. Whatever. Yes. Do 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 you? I don't. I don't care. But she dropped, in my opinion, one of the dumbest takes you can drop, especially when you're having conversations about race. So you know, Robert Little runs Black Sports Online. So she tried to come out with sideways, the age-old argument about. 
black sport, you know, because it's called black sports online, because you know the word black is just so racist. Right. Um, she said, well, what if I came out with a white sports online? Well, that's like 99.9% uh, of all media. Yeah. That's what I said. So she comes out here and like, oh, well, I'd never work again if I created white sports online. I'm like, dude, you work for white sports online. Yeah. Let's keep it real, all right? ESPN is white sports online. I don't care how often. I don't care how big of a platform they give Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. Right. Bottom line is when SportsCenter goes off, they go upstairs to that white man's office and they talk to him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Look, you know, Jamel Hill, Michael Smith, they're cool. They're good people. They talk. You know, they got good views. People might, you know, I understand people talk about, man, I hate that it's all about politics. Why is it all about? I'm glad to see people that I watch have an opinion. Right. I would rather, I would rather people on, you know, I'd rather these people speak their mind and I know that they identify with issues that I identify with. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's not, at the end of the day, it's not just about, mm -hmm. it's not just about sports. You know, people, mm -hmm. people, people on Twitter, they have a problem when, when people like Jamel Hill or Omani Jones or African American athletes speak out about certain things, yes. like he says, the whole sticks to, stick to sports things. Yeah. But people gotta understand. While yes, they work for ESPN or athlete, that's just a title because it's in the end of the day they're still a human. They're yeah, still, uh, they got They still a regular person. I want the same yeah. thing still affect them. Yeah, they might have money, but they're still same injustices and oppression still affects them. Yes, when I leave, you know, you know, when we finish this show and we wrap up and we go home. Right. You know, we can get stopped by the cops. Yeah, we can. We could get stopped by the cops. Guess what? Let's, so let's, can Michael let's, Smith. Let's not hope it happens. Yeah, I, I hope it doesn't happen either. It's like, look, I, I don't need that. I don't I don't want that, you know. But but they face those same problems. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people think because players are speaking out, oh, because they make millions, they're not subject to those problems. You know, you hear so many people talk about how these players – you know, they make millions and millions of dollars. What do they got to be complaining about? I always say to that, Google James Blake, the tennis player. Yeah. See where our millions got him. That millions got him sitting outside a hotel, chilling, minding his business, getting rolled on and tackled by the cops. You know? But nonetheless, I hear this. You know, I hear... Britt McHenry talking about this. Oh, what if I created a white sports online? And I'm like, you worked for white sports online. They fired white sports online. Fired you. Most of the media is controlled. Uh, yeah, Fox Sports. Because you know what, Doug Gottlieb said the same thing mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you know, black sports online. That's so racist. And it's not even. I, and, and I don't even want to get into a point where I'm out here just defend. You know, blindly defending black sports online. I have no tie to them. Right. I don't know them. I don't hey, know that guy. They keep on name dropping them, so it's a good, good plug. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good plug. I, you know, they they say, you know, they they I follow them on Twitter. They put out some things that I like. They some put things you, know, you don't. Some like. things I don't like. Some I, things I don't, you don't think is important. You know, and some things just like oh, okay. Robert from Black Sports Online could come into this room right now with a T-shirt that says I'm Robert from Black Sports Online. I wouldn't know him. You know, I yeah. I have no ties to him, but I just think that argument is dumb. Mm -hmm. I hate the white equivalent argument. <laughs> it's a dumb argument. And it's like when you're talking about race, it is the dumbest. That's the quickest way for me to just be like, you know what? You're not built for this conversation. Right. You know, I went to Morgan State, historically black college. What do you always hear? What if they were 
historically white colleges. I'm like, there are historically white colleges. They're called everyone else. Yes. You know, the Ivy League, historically white colleges. What if there was a Black Lives Matter? What if there was White Lives Matter? There is White Lives Matter. It's called Tea Party. Right. It's called (laughs) NRA. Right. Those are White Lives Matter groups. All right. Don't get it twisted. Don't. Get it twisted. That's the truth. But nonetheless, Britt McHenry's out here talking reckless, talking greasy, trying to get on her, you know, her conservative soapbox. Yes. So she, she gets the sit your ass down award. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I thought she was going to go with uh, with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but okay. No, no, well, you know, well, but well, look, we'll, we'll save her. Well, you know, I try to day. keep it. I, I, I try to stick to sports. There right. you go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 For the conversation. I try to stick to sports because what she just said, you know, what she came out and said was, yeah, you know, that's that's a whole nother con. That's, that's you know, we, we're almost 20 minutes over our time now. Right. We're, we've, eat, we've well eaten into early morning 80s, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's it, that is what it is. But bottom line is, you know, I, I don't mind Jamel Jamel Hill talking about talking talking about Trump. Yeah, being you know, truthful I, about and, it. Yeah, you know, and, and primarily it's because I agree. You know, I, I feel what she's saying. You know, maybe if she says something different that I didn't agree with, I don't know if I'd be out here calling for her to get fired yeah. unless what she said was really egregious. Right. But I don't believe what she said about the president was untrue. Not at all. Not at I mean, so me it's cool i'll still be on twitter getting into it with these fools and these critics out here talking greasy because that's just what i do that's that's just what i do it's it's fun for me it's uh, it's it's therapeutic it's your joy it is my joy it is my joy and it's like my friends people like you people shout out to oj spivey because he's also been somebody who's like dude why do you get into it with these people and i'm just like i can't help it I can't help it. They tweet me, and then it's on. And sometimes it's sometimes it's almost like a trap. Right. Like as soon as somebody says something, they say the wrong thing. Got him. Let's go. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> and I pretty much go till they block me. You know, and and that usually comes pretty quickly. Hey, it is what it is. Yeah, you block button. You know, but, but what I do, hey, hey, look, man. Bottom line is, you know, I'm a generous man, so I'm out here. On these Twitter streets, on these Facebook tw- streets, dishing out free common sense. All right, so what I do, because I'm generous. Yes, you are, and I love people, and I <laughs> want people to be smart like me. It's what I do. All right, dude. Before we get out of here, yeah. real quick, what's going on in Total Sports Live? What you got um, this week? Total Sports Live uh, this week. Um, let's see what you got on there. Well, obviously, Matt wrapped the game. Uh, from Sunday, you got something on there. Uh, we got the realist uh, deal. He did a podcast on why he is um, protesting the NFL. We talked. Remember me? You talked about yep. it. He's doing the same thing. So he's doing the same. So he's watching games. Is he? Wa- is he watching games? Nah, he's watching Eagles. I don't think anything else. Oh boy. Yeah. So you okay. got to right. check it out. All right. I, I, I've also said this week I'm not going to criticize anybody. Anybody's path. I just feel like you got to do something. It's something I talked right. about on Facebook. I feel, feel you got to do something. We don't all have to do the same thing. Right. So I'm not going to criticize him. He just wants to watch. Yeah, and that's the same. Whatever. And that's the same message he was saying. Like you said, you know, whatever. You know, there's different ways you want to protest and go ahead. You know, he's talking about Sean King and how you know he's taking it to different levels. Yeah. Doing that. So we got that, and hopefully, you know, him and his brother will uh, drop their 
weekly picks for all you betting people out there. So there you go. He's going. So wait a minute. He's not watching football except for the Eagles, but he's picking games. He's picking games. So you going? Well, look, Nino. And look, I'm not going to knock his hustle. Look, man, if you're making money and he and they're good picks, they they follow him. But he's not watching the game. Some of them. Some of them. Okay. Some of them. Because he say watch the Eagles because they run their team like a like a model like a model sitting like a model organization. Oh. Yeah. They, they got they, they had two crappy quarterbacks that didn't sign Kaepernick. It's all good. It's all good. But that's what's on totalsportslive.com. Remember, Sundays, 11 o'clock p.m. That's your, uh, that's the live. Yes. That's the live Total Sports Live podcast. Yes. Sometimes I, 10. I would be on it, but that's just way too late. Sometimes it's way too late for me. I, too. I, I, look, I'm old. You, you guys are young. You, you and Angela, y'all are young. And I was listening to the show. I listened to it the next morning. All right. Because I, I couldn't stay up. I'm old. I can't help it. I'm an old dude. But it's good podcast. No, appreciate All right. Totalsportslive.com and the Total Sports Live podcast. Check that out. Check all that out. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our time. Thank you for listening to the best in the world sports report. My name is John Brown. I want to thank our guest, Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com. All right. We're doing big things. Check us out next week. I don't know what we're going to do. I, I, I would give you a preview of next week's podcast. I don't know what's going on. All right, Eagles going to play somebody. We'll talk about it. There'll be more stuff going on in sports. But thank you for listening. We'll check you out. We'll check us out. Do whatever. All right, phillygoflow.com every Saturday, 8 a.m. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. And that's it. That's it. All right, peace, y'all. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday. 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com.